and welcome to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast, formerly the Market Weekly podcast. Every week, Talking Heads will bring you in-depth insights on the topics that really matter to investors. We'll continue to analyze the world and markets through the lens of sustainability, which is ever more important in a rapidly changing world. We hope you enjoy Talking Heads and find it useful. And now on to today's show, uh, for which I'm joined by Maya Bandari, Global Head of Multi-Asset. Welcome, Maya, and thanks for joining me. Hi, Dan. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. So we think about the outlook for this year as we are in January, and I guess it's the time of year that we do that. And we hope, I imagine, that 2022 will not be too much like 2021, uh, though that's going to be, I think, both in a good way and perhaps in a less good way. Uh, in the good way, we all hope that the pandemic, for the most part, uh, is behind us, and the markets do seem to be acting that way, even if we know that coronavirus is very much still around. Uh, we also need to remember that the growth outlook, frankly, is still pretty good. Uh, the markets have now adjusted, maybe, to the outlook for inflation, and we've certainly seen the Fed with a quite different attitude than it had, say, nine months ago when the dot plot showed no hikes planned in the next two years, whereas the latest dot plot, of course, shows a 1.5% increase in Fed funds rate over the next two years. Uh, and of course, it's not just the increase in policy rates that are going to matter to the market. Uh, it's what happens with the balance sheet, which has increased yet again dramatically following the pandemic, and now investors are asking themselves, what comes next? How quickly does the Fed let the balance sheet run down? So with that context, Maya, first question for you. Let's start with a look back to 2021. How would you characterize the year just passed? And then most importantly, what's your base case for 2022? Well, I think it's fair to say that 2021 uh, was an awkward year for financial markets, uh, where bonds delivered the worst returns in, in the quarter of a century bar one year, uh, equities secured top quartile or even better returns uh, over the same period. Uh, looking under the bonnet, though, uh, these moves were pretty joined up. Uh, after the shock COVID recession of 2020, global growth, uh, as we know, bounced back uh, really quite powerfully, uh, boosting uh, both the break-even or expected inflation component of bond deals uh, and indeed corporate earnings uh, that really soared uh, last year. So for example, uh, global equity earnings grew by an eye-watering 53% uh, last year, uh, broadly in keeping with the historical relationships uh, with, with break-even moves. Uh, at the same time, uh, the other component of bonds, uh, real yields, uh, were deeply negative. Uh, now, real yields are effectively the discount rate uh, that's applied to future earnings. And so, in turn, negative real yields uh, preserved ever loftier equity valuations. Uh, and these moves, higher expected inflation and lower real yields, are actually pretty unusual uh, in recent years. Uh, but then so was the COVID shock uh, and recovery. Uh, I think it's fair to say we live in, in fairly unusual uh, times. Uh, now, looking ahead uh, for, for this year, uh, our research team, much like the current consensus, anticipates above trend G10 economic growth uh, with inflation peaking around the summer and, and policy staying broadly on the back foot. Uh, better nominal growth outcomes should support fair corporate earnings growth um, and so on. 
Uh, but the left tail to this base case is fattening. Uh, and to our minds, certainly from an investment perspective, the setup uh, this year is, is more challenging uh, than it was at the start uh, of last year. Uh, and I think this is true for both core government bonds and indeed uh, for fully valued longer duration equities where earnings growth is likely to come off from last year's heady pace and the discount rate applied to the future stream of earnings uh, is expected to rise. Now, the Fed and the Bank of England are leading the charge here, uh, as underscored uh, by the latest, more hawkish uh, minutes from the Federal Reserve. Uh, so we enter 2022 cautiously neutral in our risk-taking from an asset allocation perspective. That is to say, a bit below the midpoint of tracking error or volatility ranges across portfolios. And within broad risk neutrality, uh, our exposures are pointed towards being short duration, long of select equity markets, and more tactically, long commodities. You characterize your outlook as cautiously neutral, uh, still looking for positive returns from equity markets to some degree and for commodities. As always, the question is then, what are the risks, the key risks to that scenario? Well, Dan, one particular risk or asymmetry uh, preoccupies us and is reflected in our, our positioning, and that is a prospective unanchoring of bond yields and, and real yields in particular uh, at a time when asset valuations everywhere really uh, are fairly full. Uh, now, the case for higher bond yields and, and higher neutral rates, particularly uh, in the United States, is not difficult to make uh, with acute labor shortages, stimulus rolling back faster than expected, globalization in reverse, uh, and indeed a, a larger and, and, and longer lasting uh, inflation shock from COVID-19. Uh, in a sense, uh, neutral long end rates really should uh, be higher here. Now, moves higher in overall bond yields will likely be spurred by ultra-low real yields moving higher as central banks, and, and most notably the Fed, uh, tightens ahead of market expectations. Uh, at the same time, though, uh, the abrupt uh, hiking cycle that's currently priced in by rates markets uh, does seem a little curious to us, uh, and we would sooner see a steepening uh, of the curve uh, than, than further flattening. Now, of course, uh, there are important regional uh, differences. Uh, Europe, uh, Japan and, and China, for example, are all easing or, or staying easy uh, in contrast to both the Fed uh, and the Bank of England. Um, but in Europe, too, uh, we would expect steeper curves uh, and would really reflect that from a multi-asset standpoint, risk reward to owning governments in either region uh, are really exceedingly poor, uh, not least at current valuations. The risks then you mentioned are an unanchoring of, of bond yields, and clearly that would be bad not only for fixed income, but uh, certainly quite problematic for equities. Again, with that context, with that outlook, how are your multi-asset portfolios positioned and where are you taking the most risk now? Well, hopefully it's no surprise, given what we've discussed so far today, that, that roughly a quarter uh, of our risk budget uh, in an unconstrained multi-asset portfolio would be directed at being short uh, U.S. and European government bonds here. So, so being short uh, of duration is, is, is a pretty strongly held view here. Uh, we continue to favor equities, uh, but are increasingly focused on regions that we believe are both uh, less sensitive to real yield moves at current valuations 
and with strong cash flows expected in 2022 and 2023 in both absolute and relative terms. And and I would say, you know, Europe x the UK, uh, US small caps, uh, Japan, and and to a degree, um, uh, emerging market equities uh, all benefit uh, from this combination. Now, Japanese equities, for example, have have pretty consistently uh, tended to outperform global equities uh, in periods of rising U.S. real rates, and uh, and this reflects, I think, on the one hand, uh, you know, the long operational leverage uh, of Japanese firms, and on the other, uh, the fact that they're uh, remarkably short on financial uh, leverage with with the highest cash positions uh, around. Um, valuations are cheap. Uh, you know, the forward PE uh, now sits below the 15-year average after intense derating uh, in the last um, uh, 12 to 18 months uh, with punchy earnings expectations and, and policy staying easy uh, on the monetary side or indeed turning easier still uh, on the fiscal side. Uh, now, more tactically, uh, we also favor commodities uh, that should also find support from the turn in China's policy tone. Uh, you know, fairly meaningful supply side uh, shortfalls and indeed um, broader insensitivity uh, to moves in either cash flows or, or indeed discount rates. If I can summarize then what you've shared with us, you characterize 2021 as an awkward year. Uh, certainly it was if you're a fixed income investor where you had some of the worst returns uh, in a quarter century. Uh, equity investors perhaps uh, a little more happy with what they saw. But nonetheless, if we think about what we anticipate for 2022, uh, more likely than not, uh, far less bullish returns for equity markets and likely continued challenges for fixed income. That said, still anticipating above-trend economic growth for most developed economies, inflation hopefully peaking in the summer, and along with that, positive earnings growth. So that's without question going to be a key support, at least for risk assets. If we talk about risks, the primary one you mentioned was a rise in real yields or a faster-than-expected rise in real yields as the Fed tightens policy. When it came to your allocations, you said that you are short duration, uh, long selective equity markets, and particularly those that you felt would be resilient in the face of rising real yields and also markets uh, where you anticipated positive earnings growth. Uh, And those markets were U.S. small cap, Europe ex-UK, Japan, and emerging markets. Well, that's all we have time for today. If you'd like more information, please reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact or check out our Investors Corner blog. For listeners who have devices with Alexa, you can ask Alexa to enable Investment Insights or search for Investment Insights on Amazon under the category Alexa Skills. My thanks again to Maya for sharing her insights. Thank you. Please join us next week when I'll be speaking with James McAlevey about the appeal of multi-strategy fixed income in exactly this rising rate environment. Until then, we hope you stay safe and take care. This podcast presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BNP Paribas Asset Management. Please keep in mind that the information and analysis in this presentation is only current as of the publication date.